1: Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark
2: Levin. All right, this is the Mark Levin Show. 18 Republicans just voted for the Omnipork bill. I'm going to name names for you. I got the list. Good evening and welcome to the Mark Levin Show. It is me, Rich Zioli, from Philadelphia with you this evening, Great to be with you, my fellow Levinites. 877-381-3811 is our number. Well, it looked for a second, I was just watching Senator Mike Lee on Fox News, it looked for a second like they were possibly now going to restore Title 42 as part of the massive, bloated, pork-loaded omnibus bill, but that fell through at the last minute. So Democrats get everything they want here, everything they want. There's no Title 42 going back in to secure the border to deal with the fact of the matter being that this president of the United States keeps saying that the pandemic's over, but the pandemic's not over. And so when it comes to the border, the pandemic's over. And so we don't have a public health emergency. Therefore, we can't kick out people who are coming to this country illegally. But for the purposes of canceling student loan debt, billions and billions of dollars of student loan debt, oh, pandemic, we got to The president needs his extraordinary legal powers. And of course, we still have the president using his extra legal powers Extra legal authority way outside the confines of congress under the guise of a pandemic emergency i don't know where this pandemic is i don't see it i'm sure you don't see it even though the media keeps trying to tell us that it's coming back all the cases in china now like china's not doing their as draconian lockdowns the truth is that this administration wants it both ways in in one room of the courthouse they're arguing that the pandemic is over and there's no way to run a uh, a border by having a pandemic emergency like title 42 in place and then right across the hall, telling the judge, Your Honor, the pandemic, people can't pay their student loans that they haven't paid for three years and have had no interest accrue. But we need to cancel these, Your Honor. The, 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 the pandemic is just it's been just so brutal on everybody, but not so brutal that we're going to secure the border. So it looked like the Republicans were going to be able to put Title 42 back in there as at least a compromise. But that failed at the last minute. So for a few glorious moments, it looked like it was going to happen. So who are these people? Who are the 18 that just voted to give the Democrats everything they want? Well, I'm going to name names for you because I have the list right here because I saw that the great one himself tweeted the names out. The Republican senators who voted for the massive omnibus spending bill. Senators Blunt, Boozman, Capito, Collins, Cornyn, Cotton, Graham, Inhofe, McConnell, Moron Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Shelby, Thune, Wicker, and Young. Not voting Barrasso, Burr, and Kramer. I don't know if you say if it's Moran or Moron, but I'm just going to say Moron because this senator voting for this has just given the Democrats everything. And yeah, of course, we've, we've talked about this all week, and I know that Mark's Marksville and hosts have been talking about this, and I've been talking about this on my radio show in Philadelphia. This bill is a disaster. It is loaded with so much. Much. Pork's not even the right word for it because it's Christmas tree ornaments of of all kinds of shapes and sizes. But it truly expands the power of the surveillance state. It expands the power of the FBI. It expands the power of everything we've been critical of. This bill expands the power of all of it. National Public Radio, NPR gets more money in this, PBS gets more money in this. And the massive FBI complex that is working day and night to surveil American citizens. And everything that we've learned with Twitter and all the Twitter files coming out and everything we're watching right now with the unconstitutional criminal referral to the Department of Justice by the House January 6th Committee, which is, of course, unconstitutional. Congress does not have the power to make a criminal referral. But everything we've seen, the FBI, the media operating as one, one conjoined twin using each other. To advance the cause of the Bidens, to advance the cause of the Bidens and let everybody know that the laptop was Russian disinformation, even though it wasn't. And the whole thing's sleazy. And you know, if you had said to me a couple of years ago that at some point the Federal Bureau of Investigation would be so involved in politics in this country, I think, like a lot of people, I would have said, Well, I'm not surprised we've given them so much power under the guise of keeping us safe. And by the way, that's what the FBI said in their their pathetic response to all this. They said, how dare you? How dare you besmirch the hardworking men and women of the FBI? They're just trying to keep you safe. They didn't deny anything that's been outed in the Twitter files. Nothing. They have not denied the fact that, yes, they were the ones who branded the Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation. They did. I mean, it's one of the greatest marketing campaigns I've ever seen in my life. You think about great marketing campaigns for jeans or cigarettes back in the day or alcohol today during every football game or every Christmas commercial and all the sweet, sugary beverages that they're always hawking this time of year. Those are some good marketing campaigns. But for the Federal Bureau of Investigation to go all in on this laptop as Russian disinformation and to get the media and social media to do their bidding with this and to set the stage for it, set the table for it, and then have them completely go, yeah, no, this is exactly what you warned us about. Oh, right, yeah, no, this is the Russian disinformation you've been telling us about. And throughout the entire month of October, up until from when the New York Post story came out and all the way up until it was banned, and NPR dismissed it as, you know, we're, this is not even worthy of our readers. This is not even worthy of our, of our listeners. This is just something we're not even going to cover because it's just not worthy of you. So they just they dismissed it, too. They 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 actually did not do any journalism, National Public Radio, which, of course, doesn't surprise me. I mean, they they don't do journalism, but they didn't do any journalism whatsoever. Instead, what they did was they turned around and they confirmed that the laptop was Russian disinformation by coming out and explaining why they're not talking about it. So by coming out and saying that they're not going to talk about it because it's a waste of your time, they confirmed that it was Russian disinformation, even though, of course, it wasn't. <clears throat> but they did that because they wanted everybody to know that they're lazy and they're not going to actually do any journalism, but they don't have to. They get paid by the government to do the government's bidding, and the government wanted everybody to know that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. So NPR was more than happy to let you know it was Russian dis- 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 disinformation by just telling you, hey, listen, this is not something we would cover. Please, we're too prestigious here at NPR. Come on. And so the FBI turns around and goes, how how dare you? How dare you besmirch all these people? The FBI's response to the entire thing is probably the most pathetic part of this whole story. But I'll, but I'll get there as well, and we'll get into all of that with you. But let me come back to what just happened a few minutes ago before I got on the air. The Senate passed the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill without, without Title 42 protections. 68 to 29 to pass the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill after working through a disagreement on immigration policy that had stalled the measure's passage. Well, Mitch McConnell's so pathetic, he couldn't even get this across the finish line. You know that he came out the other day and he said, this bill meets all of our priorities, and this prioritizes everything and all of our priorities. And, and he also said the number one priority of Republicans is ensuring that Ukraine has everything it needs to defeat Russia. So $45 billion in aid for Ukraine is also in this bill, eight hundred fifty-eight billion dollars in military spending, seven hundred seventy-two point five billion in non-defense discretionary spending that will keep the government funded until the end of September twenty twenty-three, which is really the part that burns me the most because the Republicans are about to take power in January. So we're a couple weeks away from the cavalry coming in, and instead of waiting and just waiting for the cavalry to get there, oh no no no! Oh, you meanie pants! You can't shut down the government before Christmas. What's wrong with you people? we got a big storm coming. we got a Genesis coming or a cyclone, bomb cyclone, whatever. We, we can't shut down the government. What are you, crazy? And so Republicans do what they always do. They capitulate. They cower. They get afraid of what people might think. And so even though the cavalry is coming, literally coming over the hill in just a few weeks, I don't know if you can say cavalry anymore. I don't know if that would be on the Stanford list of harmful words in this day and age. But the cavalry is coming and the Republicans could have said, we're going to wait. We're going to wait until we're back in charge and then we'll submit an omnibus bill. We'll, we'll do it when we have the speakership. We'll do it when we have the committees. And, and if you want to pass a short term measure, maybe for a couple weeks, maybe. But we're not we're not going to play this little reindeer game of yours. We're not we're not going to do this. But doesn't it make you think that the Republicans are more afraid of having the power and what that means if conservatives are in charge of the House? That's what it tells me. Because why not? Why would they just not turn around and say, "Hey, we're going to wait"? But I, I think deep down inside, for a lot of them, the prospect of the Republicans actually taking control of the House of Representatives and, and possibly some conservatives, possibly pushing back on the kind of spending that we're watching and seeing in this bill, probably scares them more than anything. Way more than a government shutdown. I mean, they, they, they'll say that the government shutdown is the reason. Chuck Schumer came out and said, this bill is so important to get done because it will be good for families, for veterans, our national security, even for the health of our democratic institutions. Oh, yeah, there's a whole lot of money in that, too. Our democracy to protect our democracy from all the threats. And yet yeah, also includes a reform to the Electoral Count Act. And so many of these things should be voted on independently, of course. But this is the game. The game is, hey, whenever there's something unpopular, we're just going to tack it on. Just add it to the to the Christmas tree list. Add it to the list. Hang it it like an ornament. This way, down the road, when somebody attacks me for my vote, I can just say, oh, please, it was just in the omnibus bill. I didn't read it. It was 4,200 pages. I couldn't read the thing. So I had no idea what was on page 4002 on item number 16. So don't blame me for this. But if they had to take a vote on it by actually putting some of this controversial stuff and then calling the clerk of the roll to read it that the stuff would die i mean some of the stuff that's in here would never ever ever pass and it's so ridiculous that we'd be mocking it if it was just voted on on its own the michelle obama hiking trail the fact that we're getting uh, a new fire alarm system for the metropolitan opera you know listen I- i'm sure that you probably like opera like the next person but the people that go to the opera can probably afford to do charity fundraisers to raise whatever they need for smoke equipment for the opera house and typically of course there's always going to be exceptions but for the most part the people going to the Metropolitan Opera are probably rich white liberals in New York City let's be honest the tickets are very expensive but at some point they're gonna have a gala to honor Chuck Schumer for the humanitarian that he is spending your money to give the Metropolitan Opera House what it needs and this is also the game they've named a whole bunch of stuff after that senator Patrick Leahy from Vermont Oh, a whole bunch of stuff's named after him. Because he's such a great guy. Using your money to fund priorities, to fund things. And so for that, he gets the honor of having his name on things. Oh, what, a, what an awesome guy he is, huh? Steals from you and me, gives it to his pet causes, and they honor him by naming things after him. And so, yeah, the Republicans go along with it. Because we're never going to stop this. We'll, ne- we'll never stop this kind of sleaze that happens. Because they all benefit from it. And as long as the votes are there, then some of the Republicans will grandstand and say that they don't want this to go through and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is that the only guy who really could have stopped this was McConnell. McConnell could have said, no, we're not doing this. And I don't know how anybody can justify at this point in time Mitch McConnell staying as the leader of the Republicans in the Senate. I don't know. I don't know how you can justify that. He was the one guy who could have said, we're not doing this. We're not agreeing to this. We're going to wait. Republicans are about to take the House. We're going to wait. And we're not going to do any more of these gigantic, massive, omnibus spending bills. We're not doing this anymore. From now on, we're going to, we're going to appropriate funds the way they're supposed to be appropriated. We're going to have bills originate in the House. We're going to, we're going to actually identify those priorities. And we're not going to cram it into 4,500 pages and give everybody five hours to read the damn thing. Five hours or whatever it was. A night. Ooh, 12 hours. Ooh, 12 hours to read 4,200 pages. And then they don't. They, what, and what are you going to do if you don't like things in there? What, what are you going to say? The votes, the votes at the vote this time. So what are you going to do if you don't like it? And then when they try to get amendments through to do things to keep Title 42 in place and increase funding for immigration enforcement and processing, the amendment that actually Senator Kirsten Cinema of Arizona put forward through. And that was just, as Mike Lee said, a ruse a ruse designed to provide political cover for people who recognize a crisis on the border and want to appear to be doing something about it. Because that was the way that Republicans could have been able to try to save face. They could have turned around and said, oh, look at us. Hey, I know this is a pork-loaded, massive bill, but we got you Title 42. The game is so rigged, is it not? 877-381-3811. This is The Mark Levin Show With me, Rich Zioli from WPHD in Philadelphia,
0: coming right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example, the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash christmas, You can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas.
2: You know, you could think, hey, doesn't this show how dysfunctional our government is? But you'd be wrong. Actually, this shows you it's working exactly the way they intended it to work. This is all by design, you realize. I mean, they're not pretending for a minute that any of this is accidental. They wait till the end of the year. They do this all the time. They wait till the end of the Congress, the end of the year. And then they whine. They give you all the fear mongering about what's going to happen. And they cram all this stuff together and they hide it in, in just pages after pages. And then they vote and then they all go home. And then this is what happens, and they always use the military as the excuse. They always do, every time. And if you, if you vote against this, you don't like the military, you don't support our military. What do you want, what do you want America to be attacked, huh? You want us to lose? What, what's wrong with you? We are a terrible patriot. That's the game, the other scam that they play here. Yep, Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell celebrating a number of GOP wins in the bill on Thursday and saying, quote, quote, The world's greatest military will get the funding increase that it needs, outpacing inflation. Meanwhile, non-defense, non-veteran spending will come in below the rate of inflation for a real dollar cut. Now, I don't know if he started cracking up after he said that, because I almost started cracking up as I just read it. Because it's such BS that I can't say it with a straight face. For a real dollar (laughs) cut. It's like you go to a store and you see something's 50% off, but the day before they put it on sale, they jacked up the price 75%. You know, I, how, is this, how is this even remotely close to 50% off? It makes no sense. But they play that game. It's like, you know, you buy two windows, you get one free kind of a thing. You go, Why can't I just, you know, buy the window, the price? Oh, you got to buy the two to get the one free. And I feel like something about this stinks. But this is how they do it. A real dollar cut here, 1.7 trillion dollars. Oh, just feel the savings. Just celebrate the savings win. The fact that this guy can say that with a straight face—I don't think he has a great sense of humor. So maybe he's able to. I don't know. I couldn't. If it were me, I'd be on the floor of the Senate. I'd be like, "Ah, oh, come on, you're not buying this, are you? A real dollar cut? I got you." But this is—that's the, what they do, right? They scare everybody. And if you say no, they go, well It's the military. It's the military. Why don't you love our military? You don't love our troops?" You don't love our hard-working, brave men and women in uniform putting their lives on the line for us? What kind of a monster, are you? But that is also part of the ruse here in all this. And as long as they increase the funding for the military, they give all of these Republicans cover to go home and say, well, I didn't want to do it. It was a tough vote. But you know the military. The military, the military, the military. And, and while funding the military is very important, does it need to be part of this kind of a bill? Absolutely not. But it's part of this bill for a reason, the reason being that they want cover so that they can cram all kinds of pork in there for salmon and fish and all kinds of fish. And the Michelle Obama hiking trail and the LGBTQ plus plus IA museum and everything else. This is The Mark Levin Show. It's Rich Zioli in for the great one. Your calls straight ahead.
0: Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example, the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O oh, Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu/christmas, that's hillsdale.edu/christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. Mark
3: Levin, an
0: unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist.
2: You can reach him at 877-381-3811. Yes, you can. And I'd love to hear from you tonight. It's Rich Zioli from Philadelphia in for the great one. Mark Levin, my buddy and radio mentor and just an all around great guy and of course from philadelphia so it's always fun for me on wphd to be able to fill in for him now uh the eighteen traders i had a request from mr producer to share their names with you again and i will and i have to give representative dan bishop an absolute great shout out he's been fantastic in breaking down the the pork in this bill the level of just spending and all the nonsense and there's so much to this too from the border and the fact that we're funding border security in other countries around the world, but not our own, and, and the, the, the equity stuff, the LGBTQ++ stuff, and the racial equity nonsense, and I, all, all of the, the craziness in this bill that you're paying for, that I'm paying for, that you don't even know about, none of us knew about, and stuff that had it been voted on on its own, would probably have never passed because Republicans would never be able to justify votes on these things. But when you put it all in an omnibus bill, that gives them all kinds of cover and they just go oh man military and then they go okay well I guess we have to vote for it here are the 18. Boozman, Blunt, Capito, Collins, Cornyn, Cotton, Graham, Inhofe, McConnell, Moran, Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Shelby, Thune, Wicker, and Young. Now, it's very, very disheartening, particularly Tom Cotton on there. No doubt about that. That's what I can't understand there. But again, this is, this is, this is the list. And, and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm trying to understand this, trying to figure this out, trying to understand why some of these guys would go down this road. And the only thing I can think of is they're getting stuff that they were promised, and I guess they just figure they'll catch the heat and they don't have to worry about the grief of shutting down the government for two weeks around Christmas time when nobody in Washington is working anybody. Nobody's working, no one. I, I used to work in Washington. Nobody works this time of year. And even if the government shut down, you know as well as I do that the military is still keeping the country safe and all the people who are there to actually do the job that the federal government was created to do, just keep the homeland safe, keep our, our shores safe. They're all still gonna be working, but a lot of the bureaucrats won't be working for two weeks, but they play the game. They go, well, you know, social security checks won't go out and little kids will starve to death and, and grandma will fall and break her hip and all these things will happen because you shut down the government. We got a storm coming and uh, airline controllers and, and pilots and, and, and radar and, and NORAD and, and NOAA, and they just throw things out there to scare people. But the Republicans are about to take charge of the house And simply the request was, why don't we just wait? Just wait until the Republicans are in charge. What's the rush here? What's the rush? Now, Republican Senators Barrasso, Burr, and Kramer didn't vote for the bill. All Democrat Senators were present and voted for the bill, according to Representative Dan Bishop. The omnibus contains over $15 billion in earmarks. That's nearly 700 extra pages, with over 7,000 total earmarks from both parties. And they have a breakdown. 56% of the earmarks are from Democrats. 37% are from Republicans. If you look at it from the perspective of the House, 63% of Democrats are earmarks, Democrat earmarks. 31% Republican earmarks. In the Senate side, it's a little bit closer. 49-46 for earmarks. So my bet is that every single one of those senators who voted yes, and also the ones who didn't vote no, just didn't vote, My guess is they've got earmarks. They're bringing home the bacon. Bringing home the bacon. If you look at it in a bicameral sense, both houses, Democrats 50% of the earmarks, Republicans 22 and a bipartisan coalition, 28% of the earmarks in the bill. $15 billion in just earmarks. That that doesn't include funding for things. That's just earmarks on top of that. That's the, the typical Christmas tree ornament hanging on the tree that's exactly what that is. Now do you know that fourteen Republican senators voted against against an independent an amendment from excuse me from Senator Ron Johnson that would have stripped earmarks from the omnibus? see it 's a bipartisan problem it's not just Democrats it's nice to stand up and say, "Wow, those Democrats man, they may spend like drunken sailors, but Republicans do it too, And how often does that become a point of? consternation for you I know it is for me and I hear about it all the time from people you know you you vote for these people and they get in there and they act exactly like Democrats and they always justify it they have all their reasons and I'm sure Lindsey Graham's gonna go out there and justify it by saying the military and they need us and blah 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 and and you know as well as I do that each and every one of these guys are cowards they are afraid to go against Mitch McConnell they're afraid to go against leadership they get bullied into going along with it and instead of having a backbone like Mike Lee or Rand Paul or Ron Johnson or Dan Bishop, they cave and they cower and they do this every time. Fourteen Republican senators voted against an amendment from Senator Johnson that would have stripped earmarks from the omnibus bill. The spending addiction is a bipartisan problem. It really is. It truly, truly is. And as you look at all this, you've got they added this too $1.3 million for a recommendation for alcohol in the 2025 dietary guidelines. $1.3 million for that, for a recommendation for alcohol in the 2025 dietary guidelines for Americans. To uh, to include a recommendation for alcohol and shall be based on the preponderance of scientific and medical knowledge consistent with section blah, 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 blah. The secretary of agriculture shall ensure the process is fully transparent and includes a balanced representation of individuals who are unbiased and free from conflicts of interest. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. I have no (laughs) doubts about that. There's no way the alcohol lobby will be all over that. Right. No, they don't have any money. I mean, the beer industry and the wine, they don't have any money to be able to lobby Congress, right? Obviously. What do we, what do we even need that for? Why do we need dietary guidelines from the federal government at all? They've been wrong so many times. I mean, look at the obesity epidemic in this, mer- in this country. Most of it's because they followed the government's advice at one point, which was the carbo load. Remember that stupid food pyramid they had years ago? And they said you should, you should have like six to eight servings of carbs a day, grains and everything. For years, that's what everybody thought was the right way to eat. And we also know from the intense pressure from the lobbying from Big Breakfast, everybody thought starting your day with a big bowl of cereal or an English muffin or toast was the way to go. So everybody ballooned up. And then the low fat craze, remember that? The government said, don't eat fat. Everybody kept getting bigger and bigger. I, the, the federal government being in the business of telling us how to eat is the kind of nanny state BS that I don't think any of us need and yet we're putting more money in for that we're also giving twenty seven point sixty four million dollars to the Kennedy Center in DC and seventeen point seven four million dollars for repairs of the Kennedy Center now again all the people that go to the Kennedy Center they can't all have a charity fundraiser and raise the money themselves to fix all these things democracy programs in Nicaragua fifteen million dollars in Venezuela fifty million dollars Democracy funding in Venezuela, $50 million? Why don't you just take $50 million, pour gasoline on it, and just light it on fire? Why would you send Venezuela $50 million for democracy programs? That just sounds like a terrible investment in Venezuela. It's a socialist country run by a kook. Why would we give them $50 million? Nicaragua, of the funds appropriated by this act under the heading, Development Assistance, Not Less Than... $15 million shall be made available for democracy programs for Nicaragua, including to support civil society of the funds appropriated by this act under titles three and four, not less than $82 million shall be made available for the Caribbean basin security initiative and of the funds appropriated for this act under the heading economic support fund, $50 million shall be made available for democracy programs for Venezuela. It's like, it's, The level of stupidity here from these people is just amazing to me. Venezuela, it's a socialist country. We're them 50 million bucks for democracy improvements. $1.74 billion for USAID operations, $2.1 billion total for the agency, which includes millions in diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. In fact, the omnibus bill that the Republicans just passed puts out all of the woke diversity, equity, and inclusion programs that Democrats have wanted, and And push for as part of our national curriculum and as part of our national daily helping of 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 wokism that they always want to shove on everybody, always. And, you know and I laugh about this too, because the diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is the the, the big you might have it in your company. they always do this at DEIA, diversity, equity and inclusion. and then what it, what it means is is putting forward the kind of woke victimization nonsense. That things like the 1619 project are based on, and of course, the things that makes you make you terrified to say a single word in your office because somebody might get offended and you lose your job. So you just don't say anything to anybody, and coworkers don't talk to each other because they're all afraid they're going to say something. And so don't be sh- they just. Pff. Funding authority and guidance to equip the Secretary of State and the USAID Administrator to increase diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility within the nation's. Diplomatic and Development Workforce. Well, we got to have those diverse diplomats. The bill includes $18 million for paid internships at the Department of State and increases funding for other workforce diversity initiatives at both the Department of State and USAID, including a total of $12 million for the Pickering and Rangel Fellowships. The bill includes an additional $20 million to implement the goals and objectives of the agency's new strategy on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, you make Democrats very happy when you use those words. You know that, right? But they also have diversity, equity, and inclusion for for FDA studies, too, for Food and Drug Administration studies of drugs so that they can make sure that whatever drugs are up for approval, that they check the boxes of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I have no idea what that has to do with drugs. And I'm talking about the kind of drugs that you get prescribed by doctors, not the kind that's coming over the border, you know, fentanyl. But when they do all this, they have to make sure now that Drug sponsors, medical device sponsors, clinical research organizations, academia, patients and other stakeholders will convene one or more public workshops to solicit input from stakeholders on increasing the enrollment of historically underrepresented populations in clinical studies and encouraging clinical study participation that reflects the prevalence of a disease or condition within the various marginalized community group, blah, 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 blah. So millions of dollars to put forward woke diversity action plans for the FDA. And I love me some salmon, I don't know about you, but a little smoked salmon in my world goes a long way. So that's good because they've got $5 million for salmon reintroduction, a million dollars to protect salmon from toxic chemicals and $750,000 for the Oregon salmon conservation. It's a good time to be a salmon. Salmon is a new pork. It's like they used to say, pork is the other white meat. Well, salmon is the other pork now when it comes to this bill. And yes, all the money for Ukraine, of course, all the money for Ukraine. We've got motel vouchers in L.A., $982,000. $6 million for Clemson University. $817,000 for partnerships with justice-involved individuals in Glendale, California. $2 million for improving coordination in the New York City Mayor's Office. I mean, things that have nothing to do with the federal government. But the good news is the Pentagon will get $8.6 million for gender advisor programs. Gender advisor programs. At the pentagon hey you got to make sure the military is funded right you understand this is why people get very very upset four million dollars for shared equity housing models which is an idea put forward from the world economic forum 166 million for neighborhood reinvestment activities see what i tell you that if you were to actually vote on this stuff on its own it would never ever pass through a republican congress because those republicans voting on this stuff individually would, would have their heads handed to them. But if you hide it in Omnibus, then you turn around and go, I didn't even know. Oh, I had no idea. I should have read the bill. But I ah, didn't give us time. What was I supposed to do? What do you want, a government shutdown? And the game continues. Blunt, Boozman, Capito, Collins, Corden, Cotton, Graham, Inhofe, McConnell, Moron, Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Shelby, Thune, Wicker, Young, all the Republicans who voted yay. vote Not voting, Barrasso, Burr, and Kramer. These are the people. Boy, Tom Cotton really disappoints me. That one hurts. Lindsey Graham, I'm not surprised by. McConnell, obviously, he was the one that spearheaded this. I'm not surprised uh, by Cornyn. I'm not surprised by Murkowski. Romney, please. Portman, he's out the door. What does he care, right? I'm not surprised by a lot of these names on the list. But, I, but Tom Cotton hurts. Not going to lie. Susan Collins, no surprise there. Shelley Moore Capito, no surprise there. These are all a bunch of phonies. Tom Cotton what are you thinking? I don't know if he's put out a statement yet. I'll be very curious to read that and see what he's saying. I really will. I'll be very curious to see what he's saying. This way I can try to understand the justification for this. And they always do. They always justify it. You know what Lindsay's going to say. Lindsay's going to say it's the military. Of course. Mike Lee, who is the greatest, one of the absolute greatest, true constitutionalists, he attempted today, tried, very hard to at least get border security in there in Title 42, and he couldn't even get his own party to go along with it. And Senator Rand Paul said, we the people demand accountability for the damage the big government spenders are doing to our families and to our nation's economic well-being. It's time we take our nation's fiscal health seriously and stop this terrible, awful, no good way to run government. 877-381-3811. Your reaction to this. It's Rich Zioli in for the great one. Mark Levin coming right back. Mark Levin.
0: Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash christmas.
2: There's also massive funding increases for the Department of Justice to further prosecute the January 6th suspects. And, of course, this comes as well as we know that Pelosi's January 6th story has completely unraveled thanks to the great work at JustTheNews.com pointing out this, evidence mounts that the Capitol breach was preventable, absolutely preventable. But the federales are going to get even more money now, even more money to continue the witch hunt and go after people because the omnibus bill that just passed a short time ago includes 212.1 million dollars for the Department of Justice to prosecute January 6 prisoners, right? And this is the kind of thing where you turn around and you go, "They they they need more money for this? Really?" And yes, of course, more money for domestic terrorism cases because the big thing that the government keeps telling everybody is that at any moment now, those DVEs, those domestic violent extremists are going to strike. So, you better pump up the amount of money that we have to be able to spy on people with MAGA hats and Gadsden flag shirts and just American flag shirts because they might be terrorists, you know, lurking at every corner in this country. All of the tools that we gave this government after 9-11 and in the subsequent years after that to protect us, to keep us safe from terrorists. Well, guess what? You're the terrorist now. You are, you're the terrorist now. They're, you're the one that they're looking at. They're looking at your Facebook posts. You're looking at your Twitter posts. They're looking at all these things. And if you say anything, it's a little conservative. You talk about taking your country back. If you say anything in defense of anybody who was arrested for the January 6th stuff, if you say anything, they know it and they're monitoring and they're following all this because that's how they have to justify the massive budget for the domestic violent extremists. And it doesn't exist. This 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 is a lie, the absolute myth of these domestic violent extremists that are out there that any minute now there's going to be an insurrection just at any moment. Just snap your fingers and it'll happen. It's complete and utter BS. But as long as they keep pushing that out there, and don't forget what Jim Jordan said, Congressman Jim Jordan said, whistleblowers from the FBI coming forward and telling him that they're, they don't have it. They don't have the domestic violent extremists because they're not there. And they're told by their superiors, you better make this up. You better hit this home. Because we want to make sure that everybody knows this is true, even though it's not
0: true. This is The Mark Levin Show, hour number two, straight ahead.
1: deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
0: 18
2: Republicans voting to give the Democrats massive, massive amounts of money to spend and kneecapping the Republicans and their ability to create a budget for a whole year. Welcome back to the show. Glad you are here today. It is the Mark Levin Show. The Great One is off tonight. Rich Zioli with you from WPHD in Philadelphia, where I am so happy as a fellow Levinite to have the ability to be behind the Great One's microphone tonight. And I'll tell you, as we're learning more about who these 18 Republicans are and what their motivation was, a couple things to keep in mind. You know, in January, the Republicans take control of the House of Representatives. And as you know, revenue bills are supposed to originate in the House. Their ability to craft the budget, their ability to craft the spending has just been completely kneecapped by Mitch McConnell. And I think that's deliberate. I really do. I think it's deliberate. You know as well as I do, Mitch McConnell is not a conservative, obviously. The guy is as, as establishment as you get. And those 18 Republicans that join with him, establishment as you get. All big spenders, all hawks, all of them. And the truth is, I think they're afraid of guys like Dan Bishop and Jim Jordan, and they're afraid of Kevin McCarthy, and they're afraid of what is going to come out of a conservative house, and the fact that a lot of those spending priorities of Democrats would not be in there. And I think that deep down inside, these guys actually agree with a lot of what the Democrats put forward. They really do. And certainly when it comes up to beefing up the IC, the entire intelligence complex of this country. And the FBI and the NSA and all these other three letter agencies that are there supposedly to keep us safe, but we know now have been engaged in politics. I mean, the fact of the matter is the FBI shouldn't get another penny until we reform that agency, until we get a full accounting and understanding of everything that happened with regards to their work trying to influence the 2020 election. Everything. It should be completely put on hold until Congress can have the oversight of the executive that the Constitution requires and hold them accountable, and really get a full accounting of what took place. And not one of those BS congressional hearings that don't amount to anything. I'm talking about actually holding them accountable, finding out what happened here, every aspect of it, from the FBI branding the Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation, and all their coordination between all the cronies of the FBI who would become cronies at Twitter, working back with the cronies of the FBI, and back and forth. NPR should not get another, another penny I mean, she not get a penny anyway, because I'm tired of having to be on actual radio that relies on sponsors and not the government to be profitable. And I'm sure Mark feels the same way about that. But the fact that NPR was out there telling people, don't worry about the story. We're not covering a Hunter Biden laptop story because it's not relevant. It's not credible. Ah, Don't worry about it. They shouldn't get any more money either. In fact, I would argue that not a single health agency in this country should get another penny until we get a full accounting of all the gain-of-function research money that Dr. Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins at the NIH and all these guys sent to China for all their little experiments in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The only silver lining in this bill, and there's not many, but one of them is they did cut off gain-of-function research, and they said no more funding for the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That's good news, because I'm still convinced this virus came from that lab, and you're never gonna convince me otherwise. And certainly there has never been anything, anything that's ever been documented to make anyone who believes that it came from a lab think twice about that. They've never produced any evidence of that. And early on, we learned that these guys in the very earliest days of COVID were dismissing the idea that this came from a lab, even though they had zero evidence to prove it came from nature, a natural spillover. They had no evidence of that, but it didn't matter. They were set hell bent on covering their tracks and all the funding from the NIH and funding from the National Centers for Infectious Diseases that Fauci was in charge of. And I went right to EcoHealth Alliance and right to Wuhan and right to that lab and right to all the little tinkering they did with this gain of function nonsense and playing little games with back coronaviruses and injecting them into mice and making them very, very sick. Why the world is still dealing with this right now. And I saw Dr. Marty Macari, for example, on Twitter a short time ago, he posted, he was talking about how he talked to a doctor in China and they're experiencing massive surges in China right now. And his concern is a new variant that could emerge because of the the close density of that population. We're always going to be dealing with COVID in one way or another. And that's because this is a bioweapon. No doubt in my mind about that. And, you know, Tom Cotton early on in January of 2020 was out there saying this was a bioweapon from China. And today he sells out and he goes along with this gigantic, massive, omnibus spending bill. So I don't know how any Republican would want to give another penny anything in, the, in, the, in the, the national health industrial complex until so we get Fauci under oath and find out exactly what happened with the gain-of-function research. All of them. Today, Florida, the Florida Supreme Court granted Governor Ron DeSantis his request to be able to do an investigation into any deaths or side effects related to the COVID vaccines. Big Pharma is not happy today. They are not happy. But I'm really glad the Supreme Court did this because the other thing that's very obvious to me is that the FDA, the CDC in this country are completely morally bankrupt. They always have been. I mean, let's let's face it, they're not regulatory agencies. Regulatory agencies are supposed to regulate their industries. That's their job. That's the name, what, what regulatory means, the actual definition of that. But these agencies don't do that. What these agencies do is employ a bunch of bureaucrats And these bureaucrats want to go get big jobs and make a lot of money. So they give Big Pharma whatever they want, hoping that one day they can make the switch, get their golden parachute and go work for one of them and make a whole lot more money than being a bureaucrat. And the federal leviathan continues this way. And when you think about the FBI and the CIA and the NSA and the Department of Defense and all these other three-letter agencies, now we're all involved in one way or another in either 2016 and russia collusion and all that nonsense in 2020 and the hunter Biden laptop and all that when you think about that and you think about how our intelligence community has become self-aware they really have like like a robot like artificial intelligence they were here like you think about ai and they always warn you they say well this artificial intelligence could become self-aware one day and that's when the, the scene in the movie when the robots just start killing everybody and start turning on the people that invented them because they became self-aware, like self-actualized, like Skynet and Terminator. Well, the intelligence community in this country has absolutely become self-aware and it realizes now, it doesn't have to worry. The the bureaucrats within will protect each other and now they can effectuate politics. Now they can get involved politically. They did it in 2016, Russia collusion, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and all those people spying on American citizens the phony Russian dossier that they cut and pasted pieces of that phony dossier and put them in FISA warrants. Applications for FISA warrants before judges who would just rubber stamp them and they spied on the Trump campaign. And then for years, they kept saying that Donald Trump was compromised by the Russians, over and over and over again, right? Because they wanted to cripple his presidency. And since nothing ever happened to these people, nothing, they got emboldened they said, let's do it again. So they still wanted to stop Trump Joe Biden, swamp creatures you get. Guy was a Senator for 75 years. So they figured, all right, well, we'd rather have him. He'll give us what we want. Money for wars and everything else that Trump was not doing. So they said, we're not gonna get caught. We don't have to worry. It's not like we're getting in trouble. We can do anything we want. We're the intelligence community. If anybody says anything, we'll just tell them, what are you, you don't love the brave men and women who work here and are trying to keep this country safe? You besmirch them. Remember all those lectures? They'd come out and they'd say that. How dare you say these things about the hard-working men and women of the FBI? And, and every now and then you'd have these Republicans do this little game where they say, well, I don't mean the uh, every agent, of course. And blah, blah. Well, no kidding. We, we know you don't mean that. Obviously, you're talking about the brass, the leadership, all the people in charge of these agencies, but it's irrelevant because they're the ones in charge. And so it, 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 there, there's a hard-working FBI agent somewhere actually doing the job he's supposed to be doing, but that's not the point because the agency itself is corrupted by people that believe that they can act like a police state and get involved in our politics. You know, the definition of a police state is not horseback, you know, cops using horseback or pepper spray or any of that stuff. That's all crowd control tactics and, you know, a cop shoots an unarmed guy, whether it's justified or not, will be dealt with through a legal process and everything. No, the definition of a police state, the textbook definition is when the government's law enforcement division or its security division gets involved politically and tries to change the outcome of elections tries to make sure that their chosen candidates win tries to hurt the opposition silences and censors dissenters there's all those things that our three little agencies did in this country and you know it and i know it and we all watched it happen and we're watching it again and instead of 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 reining them in and saying you're not getting a penny until We control the Oversight Committee and Jim Jordan can be there as chairman of that committee and hold each and every one of you bureaucrats accountable. And we understand exactly what happened and we name names and we figure it all out. We don't do this as a little airbrushing exercise. We actually dump the whole thing on its head and knock everybody out. Let them fall out of the bureaucracy and shine a light on them. Instead, they give them more money. They give them more money. But what incentive is there for the bureaucracy to ever reform itself if Congress just keeps pumping more money in? And they turn around, they go, well, it doesn't matter what the priority of the president is or the secretary or the the administrator, whoever, because we're going to outlast them. We're bureaucrats. We're there 30, 40 years. Nothing will happen to us anyway. And if it does happen, we'll get a job on MSNBC being a talking head like those 50 people that signed that letter that said the Hunter Biden laptop was disinformation. Some of the biggest sleazeballs, some of the, the, the biggest enemies of liberty in this country, John Brennan, Clapper, all these people, people that the left hated years ago for the war in Iraq and, and, and enhanced interrogation and drone strikes and everything else. Now, those same people are the ones on MSNBC and CNN night after night, Telling you how terrible Trump is, a threat to democracy, blah, blah, blah. And they were all the ones who signed that letter saying the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Probably, you know, to cover their tracks, they go, it looks like it anyway. Again, we can't tell for sure, but we really think it is. Look, it looks like it. We think it. We can't say, but we think, you know, little game that they play. And sure enough, who was behind that? This guy, Jim Baker, who was the general counsel of the FBI, who then became the general counsel of Twitter, brings over all these FBI cronies. And the FBI is paying Twitter, what, $4 million to do the work that the FBI wanted them to do to suppress people and cover up the laptop. Not cover it up, actually, to help with the branding and marketing of the Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation. So what do we do? We give raises for the FBI, raises for the Department of Justice, raises for the ATF. We kneecap the incoming House Majority's leverage over any of these entities for at least an entire year and probably longer. The Republicans were about to have oversight powers and no matter what you can say about super tu- the, the last Tuesday's election and the red wave, it didn't materialize and everything, the point of them having control of the House of Representatives is two things. Number one, stop Joe Biden's spending spree because this guy is addicted to spending trillions of dollars. Instead, what's happening? Because of those 18 Senate Republicans, a trillion dollars will be added to the national debt. Another trillion, probably higher than that when the smoke all clears. Instead of allowing the Republicans who are coming in to have the ability to restrain the Democrats and the White House from all their massive spending, we just kneecapped them for a year. Instead of giving them the oversight power that they would need, tied to what? Tied to money. Tied to money. Because that's really the only oversight Congress has. It doesn't have the ability to send people to criminal referrals. That's unconstitutional as I will explain to you a little bit later in the show. But they do have the ability to cut off their funding. Instead, we have now kneecapped the oversight committee too. Because we just gave more money to all these agencies, all these big bureaucrats and the big bureaucracy and the federal leviathan goes on and on and on. And nothing changes. And this is why people are so frustrated today by those 18 Republicans, because there was no need to do this. All right, 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli from WPHD in for the great one. It's great to be with you, and we're coming right back. Mark
0: Levin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for a half the price. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Podcast. You'll save an additional fifty percent off your first month. That's right, go to PureTalk dot com, enter promo code Levin, L E V I N podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as ten minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to PureTalk dot com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to save fifty percent off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless.
2: All right, 877-381-3811. If you'd like to weigh in tonight, obviously covering the big story being 18 Republican sellouts in the Senate going on with the omnibus bill. Let us go to Jim, who's in Virginia listening on Sirius XM. Jim, you are on the Mark Levin Show. It's me, Rich, and for Mark, how are you tonight?
4: Just fine, sir. Thank you very much. I'm one of your truck drivers out here. Uh, Excellent. You've said, a lot, you've said a lot of what I want to say, perception of one thing, concerning uh, the leader of the Republican wing of the Democrat Party, Mitch McConnell. Now, one reason he would want to give more money to the FBI is one simple thing. It defeated Trump in 2020. Trump's running again, so naturally he's going to give more money to him to do, to do more things, if not worse. To make sure he does not win in 24, he would much rather deal with Biden than he ever would Trump. Pretty much a overly simplified thing with them on that. And oh, by, yeah, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. See, if he says if he says he voted for this spending bill on account of the military in Ukraine, I want to ask you one thing he did the wide. would he do that and not take the woke crap out of the bill, so that soldiers and Marines can be soldiers and Marines? Because he took that completely away, and they're going to sit back and holler and scream because they're not making their focus on getting more soldiers into place. Because who's going to want to join? the marines with, the, with the, what they come out with today concerning gender and yes ma'am no ma'am and yes sir
2: right. and no sir yeah i can't say sir or ma'am anymore i saw that story in the new york post today i was going to get to that but yeah you're exactly right u.s marines may ban recruits from respectfully addressing senior members as sir or ma'am to avoid misgendering and offending them amazing stuff uh, thanks for the call, my friend, and drive safe, okay? I appreciate it very much, Jim. Thank you, and, and Merry Christmas to you, and you, you make excellent points here on the Mark Levin Show. Uh, David is uh, calling from Kansas. Hey, uh, David, how are you?
4: Hey, I'm well. Thank you so much for taking my call, Rich. Uh, it's a real pleasure talking to you. I've listened to Mark for a long time, and I've had the great opportunity to talk to him on a show before. Uh, but I want to address uh, Senator Jerry Moran, who is uh, one of my senators here in Kansas. This is not the Jerry Moran that I grew up knowing, as a Kansas uh, senator, um, you know, in, in the in the in the state legislature, and then as a U.S. representative. Jerry was always very fiscally conservative. Um, he was very pro-ag, very pro-Kansas. When he ran for election to the Senate after. Um, after um, Bob Dole retired, uh, he went up against uh, 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 Todd Teahart, and Todd was
2: very. Hey, listen, buddy, I got to he- I got to run him up on a hard break, but I I agree with you. He's uh, very disappointing. They're all very disappointing, and there's a lot of people tonight who are feeling your anguish. Certainly, no question about it. Uh, we're gonna get more into this too. This, this this woke nonsense with the U.S. military. We'll talk about that. It's a Mark Levin show, and we are coming right
0: back tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk text and blazing fast data just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers with the same coverage as the other guys, but for a half the price. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN podcast to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless.
1: This is Liberty's 911 Hotline, The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811.
2: Yes, indeed. 877-381-3811. The number here. The great one is off tonight. Rich Zioli from WPHD in Philadelphia with you and would love to hear from you, of course. Now, there's a lot to get to, including, yes, the story that I was just alluding to from our caller, the truck driver. Marines have been told to stop using sir and ma'am to avoid misgendering superiors. According to the story from the New York Post, the U.S. Marines may ban recruits from respectfully addressing senior members because they might, you know, misgender them or offend them. The woke recommendation was made in a new two million dollar report commissioned by the Corps from the University of Pittsburgh. It's an exhaustive 738 page study that the Marines first commissioned in 2020 and said the traditional ways of addressing superiors were holding back gender integration employing gender neutral identifiers eliminates the possibility of misgendering drill instructors which can unintentionally offend or cause discord (laughs) by teaching recruits to use gender neutral identifiers for their drill instructors uh, services underscore the importance of respecting authoritative figures regardless of gender the two-year study by the university of pittsburgh's warrior human performance research center also said that the army navy and coast guard effectively emphasize gender in an integrated environment instead of saying ma'am or sir recruits in these services refer to their drill instructors using their ranks or roles followed by their last names gendered identifiers prime recruits to think about or visually search for a drill instructor's gender first before their rank or role right colonel howard Hall, chief of staff for the marine corps training and education command Told the Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services, let me say that again, the Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services, that the radical shift was being considered by leadership, albeit with some pushback from the Marine Corps itself. The Proposal is one of a half dozen recommendations the Marines' entry-level training advisory council is considering. It's not clear when the service will decide which ones to pursue. And he warned the December meeting of the Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services that it would not be a quick fix. So it wasn't enough to get women, obviously, integrated into the military. And if you say, yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am, but what, well, what if she is actually a he and is identifying or transitioning or something, and now you've, you've misgendered, so that's, oh, forget it, you know what I mean? You know our enemies laugh at this stuff, right? They, they look at this and they think that victory has made us weak. That's what they think. And this kind of woke nonsense in the military, and we've talked a lot about this over the years, right? We have talked about this, whether it's the diversity, equity, inclusion nonsense that they're teaching people. And now, of course, with this gender neutral nonsense, this is the stuff that makes everybody understand that as long as we're using the right pronouns as we bomb you, then everything will be fine. That everything will be just fine. As a former Marine, it was always yes or no drill instructor. Ma'am or sir was only for addressing an officer, one person wrote, with others saying only recruits would ever use the terms. The commission study highlighted a number of areas where the service still comes across as being a male-dominated operation. Well, if nobody's using those terms, what do you need to make this change for? Ah, that's the question, right? Sexist behavior and jokes and training material focusing on men, often using male pronouns, even for positions held by females. Women became a prominent part of the regular Marine Corps in 1948, but still only account for 4.3% of officers and 5.1% of those enlisted for active duty. This is not about offending women in the Marine Corps. This is about capitulating to the transgender movement in this country because the transgender movement is the movement that wants everything to be pronoun neutral, or you have to immediately put your pronouns in the subject line of an email or on your email signature. You've probably seen that. And somebody will sign their name on an email you know, Paul Smith, he, him, or Sheila Watson, she, her, or the people that say, you know, they, them. That, that's the thing I can never, I feel like pick a team. You know what I mean? They, them is very, very too much, complicated. But this is the new thing. People put it in their LinkedIn bios. People put it on their, on their resumes. And there's a, there's a growing movement to require this in school, too, where kids are, are, are asked what their gender, their, their pronouns are, and you have to ask them this in, in the classroom. And then you have to of course uh, accordingly address them you know as they want and if you if, if the parents don't know that's even better to keep it in the dark it's stuff like this giving into this woke nonsense in this country is the reason why guys like Ron DeSantis are doing very well in florida pushing back against this in the classroom because that's what Ron DeSantis came out and said yesterday yeah this whole thing about how he's going to battle the teachers union and you, and you know as well as i do that the whole don't say gay bill it doesn't say don't say gay, but they all went down that road, right? And Disney paid a price for that. Disney paid a price for that because the marketplace said, no, thank you. You're going to get involved in politics like this. Then you better not go down this woke road because if you do, we're going to tell you we don't like it. Keep this stuff out of the classroom. Keep this stuff out of the military. It's not about offending a woman or offending a man. It is It is giving in to, the, to the, the rainbow terrorists out there who want everything to go according to their guidance and direction. And that's what it is, and because we have an administration that is more than happy to capitulate to them, and an omnibus bill, by the way, that just gave out a whole bunch of cash for all kinds of projects related to this stuff, they'll do it, no doubt about it. 877-381-3811. Let's go to Rob is in Cleveland wanted to discuss the hunter biden story yes rob
5: Yeah, it's personal, you
3: guys got to stop getting triggered by wokeness anyway i think it just makes it worse um it's not that big of a deal it is what it is but the hunter biden thing uh so i'm i'm a bleeding heart liberal you can you know make fun of me all you want and i i, I would love to have an honest conversation hopefully i don't get cut off but the hunter biden laptop thing everyone knew it was out there everyone knew what he did he you know had uh relations with some women did some drugs and stuff Nobody cares. That's what Not about we that. realize. Not about that.
2: that. Not about that. What is it about? It's about payments from China and Ukraine to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. That's what it's about.
3: Which they investigated.
2: Which they investigated. Who and investigated? So, but my question to you is: Who in, you who investigated? Sir, who investigated? Trump I'm asking you a question. Who investigated?
3: Three different three different organizations did uh, who? investigations on it.
2: Who? I'll Who are these pull it up organizations? Right you got to pull it up? Okay. Got to pull it up. One second. Well, wait. So, we'll while wait I for you to pull, pull up. this
3: up, tell me. Yeah, you while you pull this up, I go ahead. Lost the election.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry,
3: what? Can I talk? Can I talk? You're talking. So, okay. Is this the reason why you think Donald Trump lost the election? I'm trying to give you some inside scoop so you can get a Republican in office in 2024. Do you think oh, that's Oh yeah, listen. Donald
2: your 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 inside scoop is exactly what we need. We definitely need to listen to you. You sound like exactly the guy that should be advising Republican candidates.
3: Was a red you had a red drip. You didn't even have a red <laughs> wave. It's because we're not listening. Nobody wants Donald Trump as president. We we clearly okay. have, have have seen that in 2020.
2: I would like to vote for Wait, Ron. wait, wait, did you find the three agencies? I'm really waiting to hear that. Did you find them? The Let's three agencies that investigated the Hunter Biden laptop with the payments from Russia and China to Joe Biden. Did you found okay. that?
3: Hello? Yeah. Yep, it says right here. Yeah. It says Fred Norris Industries. Who? Nope. Nope. Um, they were zero, zero
6: money. I'm sorry, wait, Are you talking about who, the
3: big guy? That, that... Whose
2: industries? Who Who is this? Fred Norris Industries. Fred Norris Industries. Gotcha. Okay. All right, so aside from who are the that, other two who are the other two besides fred norris industries out of curiosity what what's that what's that huh what's that you. oh you couldn't oh all right who are the other two okay. agencies that investigated the hunter biden laptop and the connection to joe biden and and china and ukraine and all that who were who the other two agencies said yeah, there were three
3: okay so w- one of them but why, why don't you google that oh. real quick but oh,
2: okay, I'll, yeah, uh, I'll, let me get right on that. Say what, why don't you um, go do something else, and I'll Google that, and then we can chat some other time. Does that sound good?
3: What? No, why do you got to cut me off? Because I don't because agree with you.
2: you're saying things that aren't true. You're uh, spouting BS on the show, and I don't think anybody really needs it. If you're going to say something, and you can't back it up, Rob, it sounds to me like, I wouldn't take your advice on how to win elections because you can't even back up the claims that you're making on the show. Listen, man, I've been involved in Republican politics for a long time. I wouldn't take advice from somebody who just comes on and just shoots from the hip and can't back up what he's saying, like you're doing. I just gave you information. Google it all you want. Okay, I'll Google it. Fred Norris Industries. Got it. Thank you, Rob. Have a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas, Rob, to you and your family. I'm sure that triggered you right there. 855 uh, 839 I just, listen, I mean, I gave the guy a chance. He, he said it was investigated, and in Fred Norris Industries, I, I gave him a chance. I did give him a chance. You have to give me credit for that. Mr. Producer, I gave him a chance. I did. I did, thank you. It was very investigated. And he Googled it. And he, uh, he Googled it again. And so, you know, it was very, very nice. Uh, let's see here. Richard is in North Carolina on the marine stuff. Hello, Richard. You're on the Mark Levin Show.
6: Yeah, Rich. This is uh, Richard. Uh, I'm a Marine from the 60s. Uh, this, uh, Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Uh, Harris Island was divided into two training areas, one for the females and one for the males. So... You know, we didn't see officers very rarely. It was both non-com, picture. we had four or five uh, drill instructors. Uh, there was no yes, ma'am. There was yes, sir, only. And I know that's the 60s and now, and I'm an old, you know what, but anyway, I still, you know, from 1775. The Marine Corps is a the tradition. They don't—they're hard to change things because they did it right and they didn't give in to political BS. And you know, for what it's worth, I just wanted to voice a little opinion that uh, we're Marines. We stand up for what we believe, what we were trained to do, and we got the job done. Uh,
2: Well said. Richard, well said, my friend. And Merry Christmas and thanks for your service. We appreciate it, buddy. We really do. Uh, 877-381-3811 here on the Mark Levin Show. Uh, Dean is in Ohio. Dean, how are you?
5: Uh, It's Danny, but uh, the thing that I wanted to say is, no, that's all right, This, this, this bill, just shows everybody, okay, if you think there's a difference between the Democrats and Republicans, you're, you're crazy or stupid or all, all the above. The bottom line is they're making millions and millions of dollars for themselves, but also for their families. They don't want the apple cart upset. And the guy, the liberal, buddy, he needs to figure out the, the, the rhino Republicans wanted Trump out just as much as the Democrats wanted I mean, they're all a bunch of thieves, and they don't give a damn about the American people, Democrats or Republicans. They're, they're all the same. I mean, it's sickening. So thank you for letting me talk, but it it's so heartbreaking what they've done to this country, and I, I don't know how we fix it. Dean,
2: thanks quick. for the call. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, yeah, look, you know, it, it's... <laughs> There's no doubt, obviously, the establishment wanted to stop Trump. There's no question about that. They wanted to stop him in 2016. They wanted to undermine his presidency. They certainly wanted to stop him in 2020, and they want to stop him again. There's, there's no no doubt about that, no doubt in my mind. But isn't it interesting, the silence from the media about the Hunter Biden laptop? I mean, that idiot caller, you know, who's trying to make a joke about one of the guys on the Stern show, which I did get, by the way, Sid. Come on, give me a little credit. But the fact is, I mean yeah hunter biden is in pictures doing cocaine on on strippers behinds and everything like that but it's not about any of that stuff it's all about the payments that would compromise joe biden and john paul MacIsaac, who is the owner of that computer repair shop in delaware is a very nice guy i've had him on my show and he's a super very well respected guy he didn't want any of this he he went to the fbi they they subpoenaed the laptop in 2019 they had it in their possession he saw things on there that were very troubling and it wasn't pictures of hunter biden naked in a in a a hot tub having an orgy with russian hookers i mean yeah that was on there too but that's not why the fbi subpoenaed the laptop they subpoenaed the laptop to cover it up i mean that's why they took it they they took it so that it would be covered up and when rudy giuliani was talking to miranda Devine at the new york post about everything that was on the laptop they knew that because the fbi was was spying on rudy they were spying on giuliani they never charge him with anything. And this is the thing. There's an old saying, which is, the process is the punishment. The process is the punishment. So even though they, 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 they know they're not going to get the guy, they, there's nothing to get him on. But just the process, it's like what they did to Pastor Mark Hauk in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, this pro-life pastor, when they went to his house and... On a Sunday morning, you know, heavily armed FBI agents raiding his house in front of his kids and his wife. The process is the punishment. So when the FBI was spying on Rudy, they had him talking to Miranda Devine about the contents of the laptop. And they knew it was coming. And that's why they were able to coordinate with Twitter this whole nonsense BS that it was Russian disinformation. All right, It's the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Ziolian, for the great one. Coming right back. Mark Levin.
0: Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, and enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com enter promo code LEVIN podcast to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Alright, so here on the Mark Levin
2: Show. Hour number three is coming up very, very soon. Uh, Jerry is in New Jersey, where I actually live as well. Jerry, uh, what's going on?
7: Go ahead, Rich. I think that when we look at the big picture, when when we look at the big picture and we see Democrats and big tech and the FBI, how they colluded with the Russian story for years, a fake story, why should we not have a right to question elections and what's going on behind the scenes. We're being gaslighted when we're called conspiracy conspirators.
2: Yeah, well, that's their MO. You know, if, if they call you a conspiracy theorist, then they shut you down because other people don't want to be called a conspiracy theorist. So it just is an attempt to, to, to keep the truth from coming out by hoping other people don't want to be associated with.
7: So another question is, Do you think that it goes beyond just that they figured out how to win elections? Isn't it possible? Shouldn't we really be looking at are there intentional things being done that are actually illegal? Like when they go to harvest votes out of a housing project, do we really believe if they come out with 300 votes, let's say just for example, a a number out of the air, that maybe 100 of those votes weren't just written up by them to get more money when they make so much money per vote they bring in some of these people is what I'm hearing?
2: Well, that happened. I think it was Patterson, New Jersey, where that happened. And the state attorney general in New Jersey actually prosecuted somebody for that pretty recently, as a matter of fact. No, that, that stuff happens a lot in politics. I mean, that's why you, you have to make sure that you. Are monitoring all that there's no question about it ballot harvesting is a is a major problem Jerry thanks for the call to the Mark Levin show I appreciate it very much and have a very Merry Christmas yeah look uh, I Jersey politics Philadelphia politics the ballot harvesting all this stuff but the point that he makes about being a conspiracy theorist I, I can't emphasize this enough everything that they try to do today to to silence dissent is to either call you a conspiracy theorist or a domestic terrorist Remember when Merrick Garland sent out that letter, the school board's letter, to say that parents who speak out at school board meetings, you know, the FBI might be in the back of the room watching you. Remember that? It was done to shut people up. It's, it's all done to silence you so that you don't question the intelligentsia. And the only thing we can do is just keep trying to expose the truth. And on that note, I'll tell you the truth about the security around the Capitol on January 6th. You're going to want to hear this. It's The Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli for The Great One. Coming right back.
0: Folks, I need you to do something today. With aircraft prices surging and flights being canceled left and right, it's harder than ever for our wounded, ill, and injured service members to be with their loved ones on Christmas. And unless we do something right now, within the next two weeks, hundreds of wounded service members will be forced to be apart from their families on Christmas. Luke's Wings believes that every wounded warrior should be able to spend the holidays with their loved ones. Since 2008, they provided more than 14,000 airplane tickets, reuniting families with wounded warriors. This Christmas, please join me and help Luke's Wings reunite 500 wounded warriors with their families by making a tax-deductible donation at lukeswings.org today. Please don't wait. Donate right now. Airfare is rising fast, and these soldiers are running out of time. Please make a meaningful impact this Christmas. Bring a soldier and their family together by donating today at lukeswings.org. That's lukeswings.org, lukeswings.org.
1: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin
2: so why was the united states Capitol not secure on january 6 2021 well the details are coming out they may surprise you welcome back to the mark levin show it is rich zeoli from wphd in philadelphia in for the great one you can follow me on twitter if you like at rich zeoli R-S C H Z-E-O-L-I. do the afternoon drive show on wphd and it's great to be with you So John Solomon at Just the News had a great story about this, justthenews.com. And what is particularly fascinating about this story that we find out here about this is that the entire January 6th breach was preventable that day. Pelosi's January 6th story unravels as evidence mounts that the Capitol breach was preventable. Contemporaneous emails and text messages show Pelosi staff was involved in the failed security planning ahead of the capitol riot remember you were told that that was all a myth that there was never any anything that they did to turn down security requests at the capitol nothing and that they 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 did nothing wrong that day a month after the january 6 2021 capitol riot house speaker nancy pelosi deflected any suggestion she or her staff could have influenced the security that failed day when the capitol building was breached i have no power over the capitol police she declared Two years later, that claim is directly challenged by contemporaneous text and email messages made public by five House Republicans showing her staff had direct contact with the officials who planned the security and even edited some of the plans and notifications in the fateful days before tragedy struck. The revelations released Wednesday in a House GOP report obtained by Just the News are prompting serious questions about whether the January 6th Capitol breach could have been prevented while creating a new push for Republicans to summon Pelosi for testimony after they take over the House next month. Representative Troy Nels from Texas, one of the authors of the report, said January 6th should never have happened. The reason there wasn't a proper security presence on that day goes right to the Speaker's staff and the Speaker's office. Added Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, the soon to be chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. The Republican Report, which also included the works of Representative Jim Banks of Indiana, Roddy Davis of Illinois, and Kelly Armstrong, provided a meticulous, fact-based recounting of how Pelosi's staff began meeting and communicating with security planners in the House Sergeant-at-Arms office in early December, 2020, and continued all the way through the final 48 hours before the attacks. Those communications were occurring as Capitol Police began receiving detailed intelligence That extremist groups were discussing storming the Capitol, attacking lawmakers, targeting the tunnels beneath the Capitol and blocking the planned certification of the 2020 election results. Capitol Police whistleblowers told the congressman there were ample and detailed warnings that violence would occur on January 6th, but the leadership of the Capitol Police failed to adjust the security plan to address the threat while the political leadership in Congress repeatedly refused to provide resources to secure the building. One officer discussed how he went to the Capitol unaware of the threat assessment with only a police cap as his equipment. Others revealed that congressional security leaders turned down resources like armed officers or National Guard troops ahead of the tragedy because of concerns about the political optics, he writes. The 600 million a year Capitol Police was set up to fail, and there have been scant signs of progress toward addressing these weaknesses since the attack, the lawmakers warned. And the full report, which is there, final report of investigation.pdf, linked to justthenews.com. And while mainstream news media and Democrats have suggested Pelosi and congressional leaders were not to blame for the security failures, internal messages of House security planners pointedly slammed Pelosi and her congressional appropriators for failing to provide the resources needed to secure the building. After Pelosi forced House Sergeant-at-Arms Paul Irving to resign following the devastating events of January 6, for instance, a staffer in the House Sergeant-at-Arms office sent a stinging email suggesting the Democrat leadership had made Irving and Capitol Police Chief Steve Sun the fall guys, all to cover up the failure of lawmakers to provide adequate security resources. Quote, for the Speaker's knee-jerk reaction to yesterday's unprecedented event, and God knows how Congress lives for its knee-jerk reactions and to hell with future consequences, to merely call for your rec- resignation after you have been denied again and again, by appropriations for proper security outfitting of the Capitol and to blame you personally because our department was doing the best they could with what they had and our comparatively small department size and limited officer resources and because other agencies stepped in to assist just a fraction too late again for Congress to demand your resignation is spectacularly unjust unfair and unwarranted the staffer wrote this is not your fault Or the chief's fault. If anything, appropriations should be hung out to dry. The new report also corroborated prior reporting by Just the News that Capitol Police began receiving specific warnings in mid-December that there could be significant violence planned against the Capitol and lawmakers uh, by those protesters planning to attend the certification of the 2020 election results. Prior to that day, the United States Capitol Police had obtained sufficient information from an array of channels to anticipate and prepare for the violence that occurred. Now, the Capitol Police issued a statement Wednesday night that did not challenge any of the findings of the report, but rather vowed to accelerate changes to improve security. Quote, For nearly two years, our officers, officials, and civilian employees have been working around the clock to address many of the findings and similar findings from a series of post-January 6 reviews. We, we value everyone's input, and we are confident that the U.S. Capitol complex is more secure because of the hard work of our brave men and women and because of the resources provided by the Congress to turn recommendations into results. Notice that they don't dispute anything in the actual report. Pelosi's office did not respond to a request for comment. Congressman Banks said the GOP report helps counter a Democrat narrative that ignored security failures by police and political leadership. Our report exposes the partisanship incompetence and indifference that led to the disaster on january 6th and in it and in it the leading role of speaker pelosi in her office and how they played in the security failure at the capitol unlike the sham january 6th committee house republicans produced a useful report that will keep our capitol and the united states capitol police officers safe even though this committee has no subpoena power and no budget The report does not sugarcoat the behaviors of pro-Trump supporters who stormed the Capitol. In fact, the report says the following, quote, On January 6, 2021, criminal rioters assaulted police officers, broke into the U.S. Capitol, damaged property, and temporarily interfered with the certification of state's presidential and vice presidential electors at the joint session of Congress, a typically pro-forma event. But its most explosive revelations involve text and email messages showing that Two key staffers in Pelosi's office attended regular meetings to discuss the security plan for January 6th, dating back to early December 2020, and that Pelosi's top aide even edited some of those security plans. Most of those discussions and meetings excluded Republican lawmakers in the House, the report noted. Then House Sergeant-at-Arms Paul Irving, who served on the Capitol Police Board by virtue of his position succumbed to political pressure from the office of Speaker Pelosi and House Democrat leadership leading up to January 6, 2021. He coordinated closely with the Speaker and her staff and left Republicans out of important discussions related to security. The Republican report directly challenges the story Pelosi gave in February 2021 that she had no power over Capitol Police or the security plan for January six. Quote, documents provided by the House Sergeant at Arms show how then Sergeant-at-Arms Paul Irving carried out his duties in clear deference to the Speaker, her staff, and other Democratic staff. It noted Pelosi's Chief of Staff, Terry McCullough, and another aide assigned to Pelosi's Staff, Jamie Fleet, had regular contact with police and the Sergeant-at-Arms over the security planning for January 6th, starting in early December 2020. At one point, Pelosi's Chief of Staff was so involved, she was asked to edit a security plan letter that was going to lawmakers a few days ahead of January 6th. Irving sent the draft to McCullough and Fleet and requested any edits, comments or concerns. McCullough responded shortly afterward with edits. The Republicans used Pelosi's own actions over the course of her speakership to demonstrate that she regularly exercised control over security and the police and sergeant at arms acquiesced to her demands. Pelosi denies the relationship and ignores her office's obligation to secure the Capitol, perhaps in an effort to shift blame, the report suggested. The report notes that Speaker Pelosi exercised her authority with respect to the safety and security of the House of Representatives when she directed the use of magnetometers outside the House chamber in the name of safety. She announced the use of punitive fines for members who refused to go through the metal detectors. She required masks in the House chamber and around the House office buildings. The report faults Irving for being distracted by other responsibilities and a top intelligence official for the Capitol Police for making changes to intelligence analysis that kept frontline officers from knowing the dangers they were about to face that day. Quote, officers on the front lines and analysts in the United States Capitol Police Intelligence Division were undermined by the misplaced priorities of their leadership. Those problems were exacerbated by the House Sergeant-at-Arms was distracted from giving full attention to the threat environment prior to January 6, 2021 by several other upcoming events. Pretty stinging, if you ask me. And, you know, I remember saying a while ago that we needed a 9-11-style commission, so to speak, to look into the security failures that day. Nobody on the Democrat side was interested in that, if you remember. All they wanted to do was talk about Trump and then leading up to this criminal referral, which is unconstitutional, but they never wanted to address security. In fact, nothing on the January 6th committee discusses security of the Capitol building that day, any threat assessments, any intelligence they had prior to it. And you know, there's that whistleblower who came out and said that uh, they were giving the warnings of what they were hearing the chatter about what was going to happen that day weeks before and nobody was taking it seriously. And you have to wonder, too, if some of that was by design. But it would be nice when the Republicans take control. It will be their turn to look into January 6th, right? And then they can turn the tables on this by looking into the Democrats' role in the absolute security lapse that day and how this was allowed to occur. And who knew what when? Because so far, none of that has come up. They have not even pretended for a second like they're even interested in that. And I would think that the brave men and women of the United States Capitol Police Would certainly deserve that right from the leadership of the Democrats who were in charge that day but nope they have no interest in discussing it because it puts the fault directly on them for the security failures of that day Pelosi's office particularly at fault that day for what happened as a speaker of the House of Representatives she had the ultimate say so and the report details how she did not do her job period now, Alan Dershowitz has a piece that actually Mark Levin tweeted out about how the criminal referral of the January 6th committee is unconstitutional. I'll explain that for you upon my return. It is the Mark Levin Show. It's me, Rich, in for the great one. 3813811 three, eight, one, three, eight, one, one. I'm right back. Mark Levin.
7: Seeking the truth never gets old.
2: Here on the Mark Levin show eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one see, Tony is in Clifton, New Jersey. Tony, you're on the Mark Levin show. go ahead
8: Hi, Rich. Uh, nice talking to you. great show. so Thank here's you, my theory. I worked in New York City for nine eleven and I know the protocol for the emergency was to evacuate and not return until until for most people, several days until so they knew the buildings were safe and clear and the city was safe. So I was always highly suspicious of what happened at the Capitol. I was watching everything minute to minute that day. I saw what happened at the Capitol. And then I saw in the Senate they, or the Congress, they were going to go back to doing the counts, if you remember. And it was maybe a few hours before they quickly resumed. And at the time, I really never thought about it, but it never made sense to me that they went back so quickly if they believed it was imminent danger. So now looking at what happened at the Capitol, and I watched the January 6th hearing as well, and looking at the shabby security they had, it's my belief that Nancy Pelosi, in fact, withheld, it's just my belief that she withheld the security. Because she had her own thing being staged for, for that event. And otherwise, it would be insane for them to all go back so quickly if they thought there was any imminent danger to resume the count, if you remember. I was always suspicious of her and the fact that when you looked at the security around the Capitol, they were just these little, I think they were like steel metal things. Racks one police person bicycle yeah. rocks so i believe being a victim of 911 i mean i wasn't in those buildings but i was in the area they did not believe there was any imminent danger because they had, in fact, staged what happened, and that was my feeling. And I believe that's what's going to come out because if what you're saying is true, how sh- there were there were emails going well, on. You know,
2: l- let's just play devil's advocate. I mean, they didn't even have to stage anything. They they had the intelligence they knew was coming. All they had to do was just stand down and let it happen, right? So I mean, even if they didn't stage it, they they knew what was going to happen that day based on the intelligence reports. And by doing nothing, you're complicit in allowing it to occur, right? Tony, listen, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. Have a very Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year as well. I mean, that's ultimately what the Republicans need to get to the bottom of. You know, did did this, all of this intelligence was there. And if you have that intelligence in, in a post 9-11 world, you have all this intelligence that there's these plots against the United States Capitol building and you put up bike barriers and you put like loan cops there to secure i i've never bought that never especially because that that building is incredibly secure it always is always has been so that never made sense to me i mean you know people have always come up with different theories about groups that were active that day but just take the report in its face value and if they knew weeks before and they were alerted by this and they didn't do anything about it it's, it's, you might as well to keep you know prop the doors open and just let everybody in because it's the same thing if you don't take the steps to secure the building that's the way I view it and hopefully all this will come out but the other part of the January 6th committee obviously is the criminal referral aspect of this when they said this to the Department of Justice now Alan Dershowitz has a piece about this how it is unconstitutional for the Congress to send over a criminal referral and actually Mark Uh, tweeted that out and said this is what he's been saying on this issue for quite some time so we'll get into that as well in the last half hour of hour number three i'll still take your phone calls as well 877-381-3811 on a busy thursday night pre-christmas edition happy hanukkah as well on the mark levin show it's rich is the only for the great one coming right back
1: when the going gets tough a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. All right,
2: so a big part of the story tonight, a big part of the show here on the Mark Levin Show has been uh, the omnibus bill and the 18 Republicans who sold out. I want to make sure I say their names again for you in this third and final hour. And it's great to be with you tonight, my fellow Levinites. And you can follow me on Twitter if you like, at Rich Cioli. I do the afternoon drive show on WPHD in Philadelphia. Mark's hometown of Philly. And it's always fun to hang out together. And after this, I was just telling Mr. Producer, I'm going to the grocery store because I choose to shop at night this way. I don't have to worry about the crowds because the crowds are insane right now. They really are. And I don't want anything to do with it. So I'm I'm not afraid of COVID or anything like that. I had the flu last week. It stunk. But No, it's just, I just don't, I hate crowds. I really do, especially at the grocery store. But I have to get stuff to make vongole because I'm doing a little linguine vongole Italian. You know, Christmas Eve, you got to do the fishes. And we're not doing all seven, but I want to do a little linguine and clams. But anyway, so that's what I'm doing after the show tonight. But I've definitely enjoyed this time together, as I always do whenever Mr. Producer calls me up and says, hey, can you fill in for the great one? Oh, yes, I jump at the opportunity, of course. Uh, I want to play some audio for you. This is um, Senator Ron Johnson who today tried very hard to push through an amendment that would take out all of the earmarks, all of the earmarks that that members of of the uh, Congress were putting in at the last minute, dangling little things on a Christmas tree. Senator Ron Johnson tried really hard, and this is what he said today. Take a listen.
5: Well, again, in mr mccarthy's uh public statements has been he's been opposed to this omnibus. he wanted to respect the voters wishes and have the house republicans have a shot at making this more fiscally responsible uh he didn't change that stance in our in our lunch uh, i think it's arrogant on the part of uh, senate leadership republican leadership as well as those voting for this to think they know better than uh, uh f- hopefully speaker future mccarthy uh he was asking to you know have confidence in the house members i'd much rather have house confidence or confidence in house members on this spending bill than pass this thing but it doesn't look like that's what's going to happen
2: yeah well and obviously it passed today and i'm I'm going to read the names for you of who those 18 members of congress were the senate who sold out today because this is all mcconnell this is all on mcconnell but don't forget he was aided and helped and aided and abetted by the following senators ready Senators Blunt, Boozman, Capito, Collins, Cornyn, Cotton, Graham, Inhofe, McConnell, Moran, Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Shelby, Thune, Wicker, and Young. Not voting? Barrasso, Burr, and Kramer. All right? So by a vote of 68 to 29, the Senate agreed to the motion to concur the House Amendment and the Senate Amendment, blah, 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 with the Leahy Amendment. And there's a whole bunch of things named after Pat Leahy because he's such a great guy using your money to fund projects. So he gets his name. His name will be everywhere in lights because he's such a decent guy. He's so decent, taking your hard-earned money and then giving it to whatever interest groups he wants to give it to. What a What a guy, right? This is the, the, the biggest scam. You work hard for your money, you pay your taxes, and then they take your taxpayer dollars, they take your tax dollars, and then they use it for their pet projects, and they get all the credit for it as if it was their money. It's not their money, it's your money, it's our money. That's how the game has worked, right? That's how the game is played. This is uh, another clip I have for you. This is Phil Kirpin. Phil's been on my show a bunch of times. And this is an interesting observation that he makes It's an observation I made earlier in the show today about what the Senate Republicans are choosing to do to the incoming House Republican leadership. Take a listen.
5: Here you have Mitch McConnell partnering with Democrats to pass a bill that's going to fund the government until October, as opposed to funding the government until, say, February 1st and waiting for Kevin McCarthy and Republicans to take control of the House when they'll have more control over spending. Can you make sense of that for me? Well, it's hard to make sense of something so uh, nonsensical, Sean.
2: I mean, look, this is a situation where the Senate Republicans have essentially said we'd rather do a spending deal with Senate Democrats and House Democrats than do a spending deal with Senate Democrats and House Republicans. They're choosing to completely sideline the newly elected majority in the House. Uh, Their theory is that for whatever reason, they get a better outcome working with Democrats. And uh, I think that's deeply offensive to the voters who just elected a Republican House and expected that Republican. House to have a seat at the table yeah he's right but I also think that's part of the plan here because they they absolutely could have said let's do a a little bridge loan here so to speak and get us until the Republicans are in charge they could have done that but I think it was it was deliberate here for two reasons number one is I think that a lot of those liberal Republicans McConnell and the others I don't think they agree with the spending philosophy of the conservatives in the house They don't agree with Senator Ron Johnson. They don't agree with Rand Paul. They don't agree with Mike Lee. They don't agree with these guys, uh, Ted Cruz. I mean, they don't agree with them on how you're supposed to appropriate money. And it's not through these gigantic, gargantuan, omnibus bills. But the the other thing, too, about this is the oversight and the congressional oversight the Republicans can have. Jim Jordan, as chairman of the Oversight Committee, the Judiciary Committee, looking into Fauci, gain-of-function research... Looking into the Wuhan lab, and EcoHealth Alliance, and Francis Collins, and NIH, and all that, the FBI, the whistleblowers—excuse <coughs> me—all of these things, they will have the oversight ability into that. But really, the only power they have is the power of the purse, because they don't have the power to make criminal referrals. As Alan Dershowitz points out, as as Mark points out as well article one of the Constitution grants Congress all legislative powers and only legislative powers under our system of separation of powers the power to prosecute lies exclusively with the executive branch of government through the Justice Department Congress has no authority to refer specific individuals for prosecution it is beyond the scope of its constitutional authority in addition Congress is specifically denied the power to pass any bill of attainder. Prior to America's independence, the British Parliament enacted such bills that prosecuted named individuals. Our Constitution prohibited Congress from prosecuting named individuals. It is specifically in the Constitution. The power of Congress is limited to passing laws of general application that can be applied to specific individuals only by the Justice Department and a grand jury. A congressional committee officially voting to refer a named individual for prosecution violates the spirit of the explicit prohibition against congressional bills of attainder. There is one possible exception to the separation of powers limitation on naming individuals. Section 5 of the 14th Amendment gives Congress the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of that amendment, which include... The disqualification from holding federal office anyone who has engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Section three gives it the power to remove such disability by a two thirds vote of each house. This is a very limited power intended to apply to Southern rebels during the Civil War as evidenced by the specific reference to, quote, the loss or emancipation of any slave in section five. But even if it was deemed applicable to the events of January 6, 2021, the recent referral was not made pursuant to that amendment. Indeed, it was not made pursuant to any provision of the Constitution because there is none that would authorize it. The Justice Department will politely accept the referral and then place it in a file that is round and sits on the floor. A special prosecutor has already been appointed and is conducting a thorough and hopefully objective investigation, he writes. The Justice Department really doesn't need a referral from Congress, nor should it pay any attention to it. And that's the thing, too. Uh, it was a show, obviously. That, that vote w- was a complete show last week. Specifically, or this week, the days all come together, do they not? Specifically was done so that you could watch on TV as they send this over to the Justice Department, as if, what, the Justice Department was just sitting there waiting? If they're going to pursue prosecution, they're just waiting for the committee to do their job? Well, normally I would say no except for one one exception here and that of course is the Attorney General himself Merrick Garland this is a guy who is hell bent on getting revenge for never getting a hearing when Obama nominated him to the United States Supreme Court and this guy's got an axe to grind and I do think that Democrats absolutely want to see Trump indicted and I think Garland does too and I think that if there is any merit to the idea that they were waiting till the January 6th committee concluded and sent them referrals, it's so that Merrick Garland can come out and grandstand and say, we waited and watch the committee do their job and blah, 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 blah. And this is not my office doing this. This is because we watch the uh, the 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 Republicans and Democrats in a bipartisan manner, blah, 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 blah. blah. Remember, the Republicans originally appointed by the Republican minority leader were vetoed by Speaker Nancy Pelosi's veto in favor of the traditions of the House of Representatives. The Republicans then refused to choose two other members, so the Democrats selected them, which is where you get Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger from. They served only as cover for the one-sided investigation report and referrals. The committee's proceedings were more like a show trial, complete with slickly presented videos And you saw that yourself, I'm sure. You watched any of it. And this whole notion, of course, of of Congress going beyond its scope by making criminal referrals to the Justice Department is all because this whole thing from day one was going to be a show. And as Alan Dershowitz points out, charging a presidential candidate with a crime is as serious as it gets, especially if he is running against the incumbent who controls the Justice Department. If not done properly and objectively, it is the stuff of banana republics. As one South American dictator once put it, for my friends, everything for my enemies, the law. He says this ill-advised congressional referral will make it more difficult to prosecute Trump without it appearing partisan. The committee report and referrals will taint the special prosecutor's decision in the mind of many who will believe, even erroneously, that it was influenced by the corrupt committee process. No, too, I always thought as well, and I remember hearing this when Hillary Clinton was a candidate in 2016, that we don't prosecute our political enemies in this country. We don't do that. We don't do these things. We let the people decide. I remember hearing that many, many times. But let's not forget something, too. You know, from day one, this was always going to be the way it concluded. The the committee was not going into this objectively, obviously. And that comes back to what I said earlier in the show, which is that report from John Solomon at news about Jim Jordan's committee report, which looks into the security lapses that day and it lands directly at Pelosi's desk doesn't excuse any of the people that attacked the Capitol on January 6th. In fact, it specifically calls them out. But what it does do is it blames Pelosi's office for the failures of security that day at the United States Capitol. But yeah, these criminal referrals to the Justice Department are absolutely unconstitutional. Congress is specifically barred from doing so. It does not have the power to do so. And by the way, the Justice Department, as I said, doesn't need it. The whole thing's a show. The whole thing was a show when they made that vote. And of course, the media ran with it. It was the big story over and over and over again, right? Over and over and over again. All right. We have a lot to talk about in our final moments together here on The Mark Levin Show. It is me, Rich Zioli, with you tonight for the great one. Always a pleasure to have you together, my fellow Levinites. 877-381-3811. Coming right back.
1: Mark Levin.
2: All righty. So in our final moments together here on the Mark Levin Show, let me take a couple of your calls before I wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, and say thanks. Let's start with Phil. He is uh, calling tonight from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Hey, Phil.
5: Hey, look, uh, I just, uh, you know, Donald Trump uh, offered uh, the National Guard two weeks before January 6th, and uh, Mayor Bowser refused it. Uh, he said, uh, <clears throat> protest peacefully and let your voices heard be heard. He never said anything about breaking into anything. And I actually worked in that capital City police office as an office furniture worker. I was vetted for weeks to get in there to do that. Those are great people. And if they were letting people into the Capitol, some supervisory person told them to do that. I want to know, who was that person who told them to start letting people into the Capitol? Because no Capitol City police officer would do that unless the supervisory person told him to do that. But the bottom line is, Donald Trump tried everything he could possibly do to secure the Capitol And certain people seem to have ignored that and left the Capitol unsecured and left those Capitol City police holding the bag for something they had nothing to do with.
2: Yeah, well said. I think I think you just summed it up very, very well. Phil, thank you for the call to The Mark Levin Show and Merry Christmas. You know, I I kept I keep thinking about this, too, which is really, really important to think about what was if you if you buy the Democrat narrative about what Trump was trying to accomplish that day, what he's trying to do. What, what was it exactly? I, I, I keep coming back to this. I mean, politically, yes, he was trying to get Mike Pence to go and send the results back to the states, but that's not illegal. I mean, that's under the Electoral Count Act. You can have it a different interpretation of what the vice president's role is, but it's not criminal to suggest that. It's not criminal to tweet out about the guy. It's not criminal to suggest that he's a wimp or anything else. I mean, not, it's not criminal to do those things. Politically, you could say it's mean. The vice president's been loyal to you whatever, but it doesn't make it a crime. And and then, you know, the the, the January 6th committee alludes to the fact that he wanted Pence to be killed or something like that. I've never understood that because what happens if Pence was killed that day? It's not like Trump magically becomes president for another term. He's the president, not the vice president. It's not like he takes over for the vice president. So I've never understood that either, this notion that, well, he knew that they were going to try to hang him. And if they did, what exactly? What would have happened? What what was the process by which he somehow would have secured another term if that occurred? You realize they never ever answer that question because it's so ludicrous and preposterous that they actually they 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 can't because it's, it's, there's no answer to it because it was never anything that he was hoping would occur that day. He was trying to politically intimidate his vice president to send the results back to the states, and by virtue of that, not just him but also members of Congress who were going to vote for the certification. But all those other times Democrats over the years objected to the certification. Jamie Raskin, I mean, the irony of listening to Jamie Raskin read the criminal referral when that SOB objected to Bush's certification and Trump's certification as president. But that was the guy standing there, sitting there on the committee reading the criminal referral. I thought, man, these people are rich with irony, are they not? So, yeah, you can politically intimidate people. It happens all the time in politics. You can politically uh, try to get them to do it your way. It's not criminal to do it that way. It's not criminal to call somebody out in a speech. It's not criminal to call somebody out on Twitter. None of those things. Yeah, he was hoping that Mike Pence would be politically intimidated to go along with him. It's not a crime, though. And and if if you believe the, the, the kooks on the committee who believe that the real plot was to get and hang him. I mean, I'm sure that there were some lunatics that day who were thinking that, but Trump wasn't one of them because what do you accomplish by doing that? Absolutely nothing. So, so stupid that to even come up with that. The fact that I even have to refute that hurts my brain. All right. Thank you for very much for listening to The Mark Levin Show. It's been so f- much fun hanging out with you tonight. Thank you, Mr. Producer, as always for your great work. And Mr. Call Screener as well. I hope you have a very happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas with your family. God bless and thank you for listening. It's me, Rich Zioli, signing off for The Great One. Thank you.